welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynne Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for yourselves and everyone else all over the world. And yes, we exist in a world full of evil and darkness, affecting the hearts and minds of much of mankind, and we are witnessing it every day massive amounts of hatred, violence, and disregard for life in our nation and the world, and constantly causing death, destruction, and grief for everyone. But greater than that darkness, though, is the love and light of the living God that we all have within us, and more powerful when we begin to acknowledge and connect with our own mighty I am presence and that is the divine power that the world has been waiting for but we must first believe in that divine power within us more than we believe in the evil and darkness of this world amen give thanks and praises for love and light And y'all be Hebrew theology was divided into three distinct parts. The first was the law, the second was the soul of the law, and the third was the soul of the soul of the law. The law was taught to all the children of Israel. The Mishnah, or the soul of the law, was revealed to the rabbins and teachers, but the Kabbalah, the soul of the soul of the law, was cunningly concealed, and only the highest initiates among the Jews were instructed in its secret principles. According to certain Jewish mystics, Moses ascended Mount Sinai three times, remaining in the presence of God 40 days each time. During the first 40 days the tables of the written law were delivered to the prophet, during the second 40 days he received the soul of the law, and during the last 40 days God instructed him in the mysteries of the Kabbalah, the soul of the soul of the law. Moses concealed in the first four books of the Pentateuch the secret instructions that God had given him, and for centuries students of Kabbalism have sought therein the secret doctrine of Israel. As the spiritual nature of man is concealed in his physical body, so the unwritten law, the Mishnah and the Kabbalah, is concealed within the written teachings of the Mosaic Code. Kabbalah means the secret or hidden tradition, the unwritten law, and according to an early rabbi, it was delivered to man in order that through the aid of its abstruse principles, he might learn to understand the mystery of both the universe about him and the universe within him. The origin of Kabbalism is a legitimate subject for controversy, Early initiates of the Kabbalistic mysteries believed that its principles were first taught by God to a school of his angels before the fall of man. The angels later communicated the secrets to Adam, so that through the knowledge gained from an understanding of its principles, fallen humanity might regain its lost estate. 
The angel Raziel was dispatched from heaven to instruct Adam in the mysteries of the Kabbalah. Different angels were employed to initiate the succeeding patriarchs in this difficult science. Tefil was the teacher of Shem, Raphael of Isaac, Metatron of Moses, and Michael of David. Christian D. Ginsburg has written, From Adam it passed over to Noah, and then to Abraham, the friend of God, who emigrated with it to Egypt, where the patriarch allowed a portion of this mysterious doctrine to ooze out. It was in this way that the Egyptians obtained some knowledge of it, and the other Eastern nations could introduce it into their philosophical systems. Moses, who was learned in all the wisdom of Egypt, was first initiated into it in the land of his birth but became most proficient in it during his wanderings in the wilderness, when he not only devoted to it the leisure hours of the whole forty years, but received lessons in it from one of the angels. Moses also initiated the seventy elders into the secrets of this doctrine, and they again transmitted them from hand to hand. Of all who formed the unbroken line of tradition, David and Solomon were most initiated into the Kabbalah. According to Eliphas Levi, the three greatest books of Kabbalism are the Sefer Yetzirah, the Book of Formation, the Sefer HaZohar, the Book of Splendor, and the Apocalypse, the Book of Revelation. The dates of the writing of these books are by no means thoroughly established. Kabbalists declare that the Sefer Yetzirah was written by Abraham. Although it is by far the oldest of the Kabbalistic books, it was probably from the pen of the Rabbi Akiva, AD 120. The Sefer HaZohar presumably was written by Simeon ben Jakai, a disciple of Akiva. Rabbi Simeon was sentenced to death about AD 161 by Lucius Verus, co-regent of the Emperor Mark Aurelius Antoninus. He escaped with his son and, hiding in a cave, transcribed the manuscript of the Zohar with the assistance of Elias, who appeared to them at intervals. Simeon was twelve years in the cave, during which time he evolved the complicated symbolism of the greater face and the lesser face. While discoursing with disciples Rabbi Simeon expired, and the lamp of Israel was extinguished. His death and burial were accompanied by many supernatural phenomena. The legend goes on to relate that the secret doctrines of Kabbalism had been in existence since the beginning of the world, but that Rabbi Simeon was the first man permitted to reduce them to writing. 1200 years later the books which he had compiled were discovered and published for the benefit of humanity by Moses de Leon. The probability is that Moses de Leon himself compiled the Zohar about AD 1305, drawing his material from the unwritten secrets of earlier Jewish mystics. The Apocalypse, accredited to Saint John the Divine, is also of uncertain date, and the identity of its author has never been satisfactorily proved. The Secret Teachings of All Ages, by Manley P. Hall, 1928 Isis Unveiled, Volume 2, Chapter 5 Learn to know all, but keep thyself unknown. Gnostic Maxim. There is one God supreme over all gods, diviner than mortals, whose form is not like unto man's, and is unlike his nature, but vain mortals imagine that gods like themselves are begotten with human sensations and voice and corporeal members. Xenophanes, Clem, Al, Strom, V, 14, section 110. Tychiades, can you tell me the reason, Philocles, why most men desire to lie and delight not only to speak fictions themselves, but give busy attention to others who do. Philocles, there be many reasons, Tychiades, which compels some to speak lies, because they see tis profitable. 
A dialogue of Lucian. Spartan, is it to thee, or to God, that I must confess? Priest, to God. Spartan, then, man, stand back. Plutarch, remarkable Lacedaemonian sayings. We will now give attention to some of the most important mysteries of the Kabbalah and trace their relations to the philosophical myths of various nations. In the oldest Oriental Kabbalah, the deity is represented as three circles in one, shrouded in a certain smoke or chaotic exhalation. In the preface to the Sohar, which transforms the three primordial circles into three heads, over these is described an exhalation or smoke, neither black nor white, but colorless, and circumscribed within a circle. This is the unknown essence. The origin of the Jewish image may, perhaps, be traced to Hermes Pymander, the Egyptian Logos, who appears within a cloud of a humid nature, with a smoke escaping from it. In the Sohar the highest god is, as we have shown in the preceding chapter, and is in the case of the Hindu and Buddhist philosophies, a pure abstraction, whose objective existence is denied by the latter. It is Hakama, the supreme wisdom, that cannot be understood by reflection, and that lies within and without the cranium of long face, sephira, the uppermost of the three heads. It is the boundless and the infinite ensof, the no-thing. H.P. Blavatsky The three heads, superposed above each other, are evidently taken from the three mystic triangles of the Hindus, which also superpose each other. The highest head contains the trinity in chaos, out of which springs the manifested trinity. Ensof, the unrevealed forever, who is boundless and unconditioned, cannot create, and therefore it seems to us a great error to attribute to him a creative thought, as is commonly done by the interpreters. In every cosmogony this supreme essence is passive, if boundless, infinite, and unconditioned, it can have no thought nor idea. It acts not as the result of volition, but in obedience to its own nature, and according to the fatality of the law of which it is itself the embodiment. Thus, with the Hebrew Kabbalists, Ensof is non-existent wa, for it is incomprehensible to our finite intellects, and therefore cannot exist to our minds. Its first emanation was Sephira, the crown RTB. When the time for an active period had come, then was produced a natural expansion of this divine essence from within outwardly, obedient to eternal and immutable law, and from this eternal and infinite light, which to us is darkness, was emitted a spiritual substance. This was the first Sephiroth, containing in herself the other nine trips Sephiroth, or intelligences. In their totality and unity, they represent the archetypal man, Adam Kodman, the Pradofgono, who in his individuality or unity is yet dual, or bisexual, the Greek Dedumos, for he is the prototype of all humanity. Thus, we obtain three trinities, each contained in a head. In the first head, or face, the three-faced Hindu Trimorti, we find Sephira, the first androgyne, at the apex of the upper triangle, emitting hakama, or wisdom, a masculine and active potency, also called ja, thio, and bana, neb, or intelligence, a female and passive potency, also represented by the name Jehovah Zuxi. These three form the first trinity or face of the Sephiroth. This triad emanated Hesed, RSX, or Mercy, a masculine active potency, also called El, from which emanated Gevarah were, or Justice, also called Aloha, a feminine passive potency, from the union of these two was produced Tifereth Trap, Beauty, Clemency, the spiritual son, known by the divine name Elohim, and that second triad, face, or head, was formed. These emanating, in their turn, 
the masculine potency Netza, HCN, Firmness, or Jehovah Sabaoth, who issued the feminine passive potency Had, RWH, Splendor, or Elohim Sabaoth, the two produced Jizad, Ruzi, Foundation, who is the mighty living one El Chai, thus yielding the third trinity or head. The tenth Sephiroth is rather a duad and is represented on the diagrams as the lowest circle. It is Malkuth or Kingdom, TWBLM and Shekinah Heaps, also called Adonai, and Cherubim among the angelic hosts. The first head is called the intellectual world, the second head is the sensuous, or the world of perception, and the third is the material or physical world. Before he gave any shape to the universe, says the Kabbalah, before he produced any form, he was alone without any form and resemblance to anything else. Who, then, can comprehend him, how he was before the creation, since he was formless? Hence, it is forbidden to represent him by any form, similitude, or even by his sacred name, by a single letter or a single point, the aged of the aged, the unknown of the unknown, has a form, and yet no form. He has a form whereby the universe is preserved, and yet has no form, because he cannot be comprehended. When he first assumed a form, in Sephirah, his first emanation, he caused nine splendid lights to emanate from it. H.P. Blavatsky When you consider the mass accumulation of mankind's discord of the centuries that is producing its destruction in the outer world today, don't fight it. Don't get into controversy about it. Turn your attention to your beloved I Am Presence and the Ascended Host, and call to the cosmic angels of fiery Christ blue lightning sword of complete annihilation and prevention of all wrong, and let the flash into those conditions, just like lightning in a storm, whatever power from the Ascended Master's octave is necessary to compel the consuming of the accumulated discord of mankind's frightful hatred and selfishness and impurity that is generated everywhere in the world every day. The mighty beloved Aries, who is ruler of the air, controls the atmosphere of this world, has uncountable legions of the angels of the flaming sword, uncountable legions that control the activities of the air. And some of mankind are going to learn there's a master hand that is greater than what the human intellect understands thus far. So beloved ones, I commend you to the security, to the love, to the protection, to the supply, to the illumination, to the peace, to the mastery of the sacred love of the sacred fire of the angelic host. May they be your daily companions. May you call to them for everything of assistance that you need to make your best effort in the physical world, to hold protection for all that is constructive, to purify everything wherever you abide, and to hold control of manifestation by the miracle power of the sacred fire's love of the angelic host. And you will have legions come to your assistance if you care to make the call that mankind be forced to see the legions of the angelic host with the physical sight everywhere, as quickly as possible. The cosmic law can give the dispensation by which the atmosphere of earth is made rarefied enough to force mankind to behold the angelic host. And you might just as well have it as not. Applause. Thank you so much, precious ones. Beloved Archangel Michael. So now the purification of the earth and all upon it has to take place by the release of the sacred fires purifying, almighty power drawn into the physical octave to consume what mankind has imposed upon life and upon the powers of nature and forces of the elements. 
The angelic host are those who will purify the earth and all upon it, the powers of nature and forces of the elements, but they can be your daily associates. They can give you daily assistance. Their love is boundless. Their power is invincible and eternal. They can make you victorious over every destructive thing on this earth, and they offer you their enfolding miracle mantle of their sacred fire presence. And to that victory and happiness and cooperation do I commend you, until your own experiences with the angelic host will reveal to you the great cosmic truth of the law and give you the glorifying experiences, that will enable you to help others to understand the great cosmic blessings that life has provided to raise mankind out of its distress, and into the ascended master's octave. And every bit of help you give through your calls to the angelic host will come back to you a thousandfold with greater and greater and greater love by the sacred fire's almighty, eternal, protecting perfection. So your victory is possible here and now with the assistance of the ascended host who are the angelic host, and the assistance of others of the angelic host who come only at the direction of the great cosmic beings who are their source of life. So I commend you to your freedom this hour, and the close association with the angelic host, so you, ahead of the rest of mankind, can become aware of all the effort life is making to bring you the greater perfection and blessings and happiness that are the manifestations of the divine plan fulfilled. I commend you to your victory, to your eternal happiness and now, to the fulfillment of the great divine plan for your nation, that as you live for the purification and freedom of the nation, automatically it must come to the rest of the world. And you being a part of that, must automatically be free. So, I enfold you in the angelic host's heart flame of sacred fire love of invincible, eternal, purifying freedom to the earth, and such protection by the sacred fire as only the angelic host can bestow. May they abide with you. May their power without limit be released to assist you, and may you have the privilege of seeing them release that power that forces the hordes of evil to cease existence everywhere. I commend you to your eternal victory. Thank you, with all my heart. Beloved Archangel Michael, 